What about Chinese interference in a less nuanced way? What about interference in our elections? What kind of impact could that have on our Canadian democracy? That's what we're talking about to start the show tonight. My guest is a national investigative reporter with Global News. Sam Cooper is joining the show. Sam, good evening. Thanks so much for making the time. Thanks for having me. So, Sam, we're getting into this because of a a document, this national security document from 2020. And it alleges some pretty big things. It alleges that Beijing use this network of community groups to conceal or hide money that flowed between Chinese officials and Canadian members of an election interference network. Can you help to sort of define what exactly this document alleges and give us some more details? Because these are some pretty big allegations. There certainly is. So the context of the document is... uh, Uh, readers across Canada have been following our investigative reports since November about this uh, shocking uh, election interference network focused in the greater Toronto area because this is where the uh, CFIS reports that are feeding up into this high-level document and others that followed it, uh, this is uh, what the investigation said. So just for understanding of what the Privy Council Office does, Uh, It has units that distill this high-level national security intelligence for reporting to the Prime Minister's office and other senior cabinet officials with clearances on on various matters. In this case, again, key context. This is after the 2019 election, just four months. And so CSIS investigations are boiled down into a high-level document that says, One, uh, there is something called uh, Beijing's United Front Work Department is active in interfering in Canadian democracy. And it has this very sophisticated network, many different players, including community leaders, politicians, co-opted staff members who are under the guidance of the Toronto Chinese Consulate. And uh, the community leaders, this is a direct quote from the document, are used to facilitate clandestine transfers and to recruit potential Canadian politician targets. So pause for breath, huge allegations. And the meaning again, this is after, uh, you know, CSIS has said there's serious uh, election interference. The document says 11 candidates, at least in the greater Toronto area, were targeted. Some of them knowingly cooperated with the Chinese Communist Party interference schemes. Some likely were unaware, but this happened in the 2019 federal election in the Toronto area. And furthermore, a key point that I revealed from uh, my view of the unredacted document is it was predicted this election interference will get, quote, more persistent and pervasive in future elections. Now, there's more details, but that's enough to chew on right there. Serious warnings. It's uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, Sam, to say the least. It's shocking. I mean, do we you're talking about something that happened four months after the election. So what did that interference accomplish? I mean, was this something that was found out and and then reported or was this just swept under the rug? I mean, what what happened? Well, uh, what we can say or what I can say from, uh, you know, as I've said, there were more briefings, more documents. I've been uh, uh, peeling back the onion layer, as some say, on this story. But what is said about the objectives in this 2020 document is that 
the the the, uh, the network that is the really we're talking about the Toronto consulate here. The objective is to influence foreign politicians, government officials in Canada to take up uh, China's uh, issues of concern. That is, they want uh, Canadian political offices, members of parliament, to be uh, representing essentially China's issues. So that's another huge allegation. The, the description in the document is of a very complex network. We're talk- it says uh, community leaders obfuscate the transfer of fun- funds and flow of communication between Chinese officials and Canadian targets. These are direct quotes uh, from the document. And so the objective, again, let me stress, is to influence Canadian elected officials and uh, the people that surround them, their staff members, to act essentially for China. The, the quote, the direct quote is uh, to the effect of, uh, uh, you know, advocate for China's issues. Sure. Uh, to, and do we know any kind of definition to, to what end? I, I mean, to, to advocate for what Chinese issues? And have we seen any sort of movement made on those issues that we could look to as, as interference? I mean, what real threat does this, does this have or has this had? Well, there, this gets into the area where I'm working on information that needs to be you know, very carefully vetted before reported. But I, I can say this, you know, uh, based on intelligence sources, they say this is just the Toronto area. So if a document says uh, this 2020 document and others I've reported on from 2022 say some of these candidates were winning affiliates of the scheme, we can say we can uh, more than infer, we can say China was successful. Some of these candidates, some of the people in the network, my sources say, are elected politicians. If they're winning, that means China has succeeded, at least with some Canadian politicians, in influencing them. Furthermore, uh, uh, sources, I have a number of sources, we're not just talking Canadian intelligence, say Many Canadian politicians are implicated in China's United Front networks, whether they know it or not. So this gets mm. into the area where some, some, we're talking across Canada, from the federal level down to school boards. This is what my investigative sources are saying. Uh, so when you have politicians that may e- even be unaware of China's influence efforts, that's serious enough. But we, we, some are aware, and that means they are knowingly receiving benefits from China. Now, let's get into what we can't report. Do we have the name of a, a candidate and, uh, you know, X amount of money flows into their campaign yeah. or pays for volunteers? This is something I'm still working on, but I can assure you my sources say the evidence is there, and uh, I can also assure you that we are committed to keep digging into these stories and reporting them in the new year Names have to be named because these are serious yeah. allegations. We need to sort who is unaware, who is aware, etc. And to be so, to be clear, then we're talking about this in the Toronto area. So, are we talking about a municipal election? And do we have any reason to believe that this wouldn't go beyond that? Well, the, all all of this reporting right now is focused on interference in the 2019 federal election. And that interference includes, this is where it gets complicated, not just people running for federal office in that election. It includes, according to my sourcing, elected officials at different levels of government, staff members that have been in you know, political offices or campaign volunteers, 
the networks are broader than that, and they include allegedly uh, well-known community leaders, business figures. And so you can see how complex it gets. We're not talking about one. It, most of I, now I'm getting into, you know, what I haven't reported, but what I know. <laughs> Canadian intelligence says that the focus, of course, of China is influencing at the highest, you know, the federal level. But they they uh, their their focus to do that influence is all levels of government, even indigenous governments, as I've said, school boards. Uh, when the first story that we broke pointed to a $1 million transfer from the Toronto Chinese consulate simply to influence uh, whether the Toronto School District School Board would include a, you know, a, a notorious uh, Chinese cultural education program. That's $1 million at a school board in one year. So you can see how broad uh, these influence that, uh, efforts are across Canada. And uh, I'll make a, a prediction or a promise. Uh, uh, we're going to get to Vancouver. We're going to get to other cities because this is a very broad interference campaign. And do we have any idea of the of the dollars that have been spent? I mean, you mentioned one million dollars uh, in that instance. What about broader? How much money is being thrown into this? That 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 is a great question. At this, that's another one of those ones that I'm working on. But I can okay. tell you this: uh, at the very outset of starting to break these stories, stories, I was able to have background conversations. Uh, as a comparable, I raised a New York Times story from earlier this fall that said Russia, this came from the U.S. government, they essentially leaked some of their intelligence that Russia had been involved in hundreds of millions in political influence operations over the past several years. I asked well-placed Canadian sources, is China's interference uh, funding and sophistication larger than Russia's? They said 100%. Absolutely, you can report that with confidence. So I, I'm not at the position of confidence where I can say uh, China spent, you know, $10 million in, you know, uh, 2019, up to 15 in 2021. Uh, it gets very sophisticated. We're talking about business proxies, uh, companies that are told, you know, perhaps you can run an ad, etc. So my point here is that it's larger than Russia. We know that I can say that with complete confidence. So worldwide, over the past few years, we can easily say at this point, we can infer much more than hundreds of millions spent sure. in other countries by China to influence elections and politics. Um, obviously, this is an ongoing investigation, so I know you have to be careful with what it is that you're able to disclose. Uh, but have you personally spoken to anyone in the government about this or had any kind of reaction from anyone who's believed to be involved? Well, um, with with regards to uh, who I've reached out to since November about this story, we've repeatedly contacted uh you know, offices including the Prime Minister's office, the Privy Council office. Of course, we reach out to CSIS when we let them know we have certain knowledge that's sensitive and we're seeking comments. On the record, uh, the responses that are coming back are very similar to the one that, that you just played. Uh, my perception is that once Global News has revealed sensitive details 
And the reason that I have got these details is because uh, the intelligence community and many sources believe Canada hasn't taken diligent and responsible actions to counter a growing threat of interference. And let's be clear, it is not just the People's Republic of China. Other nations are involved. We know this. Uh, But China by far is the biggest threat. And so uh, in, in, in my stories, experts have said Canada needs, for example, a foreign agent registry like our allies, uh, Britain, the United Kingdom, the United States and others. If you're working uh, under the table for a foreign government and you're not disclosing that, uh, you would have to, in other systems, register your interest so that the government knows that, hey, there may be a reason why someone came forward and said, uh, perhaps the Manwan Zhao of Huawei, it would be much better to, to, to send her to China rather than the United States and, and sort of breach that extradition request. We need to think about why people make statements. But in Canada, we can't know if people are perhaps, you know, being influenced by a foreign government. A foreign agent registry would hold people accountable and other countries if you uh, don't disclose and you're getting paid by some some other hostile nation you could go to jail in Canada the experts tell us and I've confirmed it's true there are no consequences so I rambled a bit there but the answer is the government says they're doing something and they're paying attention but the experts who should know say they're doing little or nothing and the, the threat is going worse let's remember again this document I reported on today said the threat will get more persistent and pervasive in future elections. And that's but exactly why. What, well, and that's exactly why what you're speaking about is so is so important. What could that that more pervasive interference look like, in your opinion, Sam? Uh, in in my opinion, and this would be uh, I, I won't say that this is based on documents or sources. We're talking about an example uh, in 2021. Not only. Uh, my information is did did the number of people or candidates which china would favor grow uh but we saw openly uh the chinese government came out and targeted one political party and said they are their their stance is anti-chinese essentially they should not be supported so they're telling many voters uh in canada really in key ridings vote for another party that is the really some of the most wow. egregious interference you could imagine. And I'll tell you this, uh, I, ha- I do have sourcing that indicates China was pleased with the results of the t- their 2021 election interference. I'm giving you a scoop today because we're having conversation uh, into de- depth and details. They were pleased. I have that reporting. This is something I'll work on in the new year. That And that suggests that they will increase their efforts in future elections. So if Canada doesn't have, uh, you know, a, a counterpunch, so to speak, we can only expect the, the, uh, the interference to get worse. Are we talking oh. about China will be able to choose the winners and losers or, or swing an election? Well, there are people that worry that, but there are people that say it's deeper than that. The political parties in Canada are choosing their platforms in ways that won't offend China now. So China has already interfered to a great deal in Canada's democracy. Um, I can tell you that for a fact. Yeah, amazing work so far. I can't wait to see where this goes next. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Thank you.